Hello everyone and welcome to the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp. Our mission is simple, to discuss the video games we are playing, to discuss all issues surrounding gaming, and to cultivate a community of people who want to discuss gaming together. At one time or another, we've all been in a place for video gaming, whether it was a department store, a video game specialty shop, a Reddit forum, an online matchmaking room, or somewhere else. While we were there, we were in the vicinity of other like-minded people. I'm willing to bet that there has been a few times where you struck up a random conversation with a stranger and you found yourself not completely annoyed by this person. The conversation wasn't one-sided, and in fact, you were enjoying yourself. Too often, it's easy for us to get angry and frustrated at the world, at the state of gaming when considering some of the more harrowing news stories that have popped up in recent years. There is a time and a place for those discussions, and they honestly should happen. But today, instead of focusing on the negativity, we wanted to have a nice, fun conversation about those times that we did have a pleasant conversation with a stranger while in one of those scenarios. So after we wrap up our stories, we're going to be digging into the games that we've been playing this week, such as Temtem, Demon Throttle, Tinykin, and Ooblets. So let's get into the intros. First, I'm Shay, and I am your host for this week. I'm going to be joined by a man that has been training vigorously over the past few months. He has been hard at the gym, putting in work, counting calories, and monitoring his overall health. In a few weeks, he'll be showing off his hard work. Why in a few weeks, you may be wondering. Well, that's when he will have gotten his blonde hair extensions, have cosmetically modified his ears to have a point at the end, and will have gone to live in the forest with the other wood elves. Living out his fantasy is Rich Idul Meister. Rich, I have a quick question for you. Yeah, how, many, how many bites of Lembus bread does it take for you to become full? Just a single one. One bite is enough to fill the stomach of a full-grown man. Oh, that's good to know, man. But how... <laughs> but not a nasty fat's hobbitses. Yeah, I know. Those <laughs> things are fucking gross. <laughs> they are not. But no, how you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, did you know I have a jawline? <laughs> I I'd did. Ne- I'd never seen it before. <laughs> I moved my couch and I found one. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, turns out I have a strong jaw. Take that, dad. Yeah. You fucking pussy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> you fucking slut. Uh, that's what's been going on. <laughs> uh... Oh, well, I'm glad to see that you are taking pride in your hard work. No, it feels good, man. It really does. Like, I haven't been, like... Honestly, I, I didn't go in with the mentality of, like, I'm not keeping track of my weight, but, like, I'm getting comments in the in public and in people I see daily. They're like, hey, looking good, man. And that feels yeah. nice, you know? But in, in terms of the, uh, the blonde hair extensions, I was actually saying to Josh before the show, like, I couldn't be going further from that direction. Like, I'm if you look at the side of my head here, I'm starting to go, like, full Reed Richards, and I think I'm just going to slide into it and just be, be gray. Oh, yeah. Oh, that I, I like because of the camera and the lighting. I wasn't sure if that was actually gray or not. Oh no, that's gray. I like it. It looks awesome, dude. 
I'm, I think I, I think I can rock it. I think it's fine. Dude, I think you can too. I I love that look where like the sides are all gray and the top is what a, like brownish chestnut whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that look. That's great, man. Well, you know, I'm happy you're getting comments in public from friends and other people because this week I had one of my coworkers. Um, he asked me friends, how my thumb- sexual predators. <laughs> <laughs> I had one of my coworkers slash friends ask me how my summer was, and I said I ate too many snacks, and he patted my belly, and in Japanese he said, yeah, you gained some weight. <laughs> Great feeling. It, no, he wasn't trying to hurt my feelings. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was like, fuck, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get back into the gym. So, you know, you know how it goes. Yeah, man, I know, I know how it'd be. Yeah. But you're looking great, dude. Thanks. You're welcome. And I'm glad you're here. You look like shit. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> While your jawline is presenting itself, mine is uh, disappearing. Just, yeah, degrading away. Yeah, it says, fuck you. Well, you know what? Rich, let's find out who else is going to join us. Shall we? <laughs> uh, fucking Dan Aykroyd over there. <laughs> I couldn't think of a joke. <laughs> Well, I'm also accompanied by the person who messaged me after the show last week to tell me, and I quote, I just can't. I just fucking can't anymore. And so I was deeply concerned, and I told them, hey, dude, whatever's going and on. now the queen is it's dead. <laughs> it's great, not day worth to be, giving, great day for Ireland. Congrats, you guys. <laughs> it's not worth giving up. You must keep fighting to live and persevere. And it was funny, because they sent me a video... Ladies and gentlemen, Queen Elizabeth II is here. Shut the fuck up and let me do the intro. <laughs> they stared at me dumbfounded oh. for a few seconds before, resp- <laughs> before responding. No, you buffoon. I can't anymore with the government. And so a million thoughts whirled around in my head as I thought of all the possible scenarios they could be referencing, but they blindsided me with, when are we going to get our prostate-pleasuring robots? I'm tired of stimulating it myself. Please welcome Josh, we're not going to take it anymore, Fowler. Now, Josh, were you uh, a that's, fair... That's the problem. I'm trying to take it. And they're taking away my goddamn robots. <laughs> take it all. <laughs> well, Josh, were you a fan of hair metal at all growing up? I... I not, not, not really the hair metal. I'm... I, I'm you weren't a big I've, poison guy? No, I, I was always more of a heavy metal fan, kind of the early, more bluesy stuff. Um, mm, like Sabbath and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zeppelin like, wasn't hair, quite heavy metal, but they were... Every the now and then, but that's, that's more of a... Uh, it's, it's not something I'd kind of turn on just to, you know, my general vibe. Hair metal is more of a, more of a, like a, a party thing. Like, it's, it's some... Mm. You turn on hair metal to make bad decisions. Yeah, I'm good I mean, those. that's kind of true. I, like, yeah. I was watching, I don't know why I went kind of down the rabbit hole the, pa- the past few weeks of, like, looking up old 80s songs and 70s songs that were, like, number one hits back in the day. Yeah. And some of the hair metal popped up, and so I was looking at, up some of it, uh, some of the music videos, and those music videos are all about just making bad choices. Oh, yeah. It's funny. When I was in Spain around 0506, uh, just happened to be they were currently going through their sexual revolution there just because you know 
ha- having a civil war in, in the uh, the mid 20th century kind of does that to you, kind of right. sets set you back a little bit. But but anyway, hair metal was going through revival at the same time there, and so you'd you'd often hear like White Snake on the radio um, around 05 just women and 06. crawling on cars. Yeah, Here yeah, go again on yeah, my yeah. Own. Which is, again leads leads to my assertion that's it's it, it's it's great for making bad decisions. Yeah. I don't need any help in that department. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe you do, Rich. I'm perfectly capable of ruining my own life, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but but isn't it more satisfying to do to a, a, a good, you know, hair Van metal Halen ballad? Song? I mm. guess, yeah. Van Halen's not really hair metal. It's more like they're more it, like rock. It, it's it's hair metal adjacent. It borders. You, 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 it borders. You can see the. The writing's on the wall with Van Halen that, that things are moving that direction. That's Panama. true. That is a great song. Yeah, oh. it is. Van, Van Halen is great. There, there was definitely, definitely a, a big, big. I really push, like Van Halen musicality to be just mm. front and well, center with Van Halen. With, with getting the best, just, the best part of Van Halen is it's out of, yeah. all out of spite. That band yeah. is only as good as it is because the t- two very spiteful brothers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's but true. like, but like all the session players, anyone they got playing anything on their albums is just world class as well, which which For really sure. leads those albums to be just so good, so so ridiculously good to still listen to even now. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah, yeah. I, I I love their music and. This is not entirely related, but it is adjacently related. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, Taylor Hawkins uh, tribute show that happened in London. I think it was on the second. Not not the um, whole thing, but I've been seeing a lot of clips coming out of there from. Yeah, yeah. I I I managed to watch like all the guests play, mm-hmm. and then I caught the Foo Fighters actual set separately. I I watched um, their set. Yeah. Yeah, the the Wolfgang Wolfgang uh, Van Halen, he shredded, dude. I was yeah, surprised did. by that. I didn't know that dude could play that well. Talented fucking dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it does get passed down. Mm-hmm. No, but it was a great it was a great show. Um, there's another one at the end of the month, so I'm really excited to see what kind of guests uh managed to show up for that one as well. But yeah, it was it was a great show. Also very sad, but. It was very great. It was cool to see a lot of the endearing moments. But we're not here to talk about music. We're here to about, talk about video games. Oh, is that what the show's about? Yeah, it is. But before we get into the show, I just wanted to make a quick announcement. As you may have noticed, we've not who, been posting who, who, on the Sword who, Who's Instagram. making these announcements? <laughs> before, before you get to that point. What's that? King Charles. Charles. missed that. Who's who's doing no, all I'm, this I'm making the announcement right now. Okay, no, and, and you're interrupting the announcement. You're you. interrupting the announcement. Yeah. Oh no, I introduced myself already. Did you? I, I don't. I, he I did. He introduced that. himself first. You first, guys really first <laughs> instead of last. Okay. I paid. I paid attention. Okay. I've been well, I'm paying used to attention. Doing it last, and it's just that's you know. true. I switched it up last month. I started doing it at the beginning, okay. j- just that way to get it. Because it always feels awkward at the end. Yeah, because you are doing an awful lot of talking. People, That's actually there's there's just this suspension of dis. Should I trust this narrator? Is is he reliable? Well, that's yeah. it, right? That's what mm-hmm. keeps people listening. They're like, "Who's this mystery man?" Yeah, exactly. It's it, it you know kind of kind of got a real, you know, mystery vibe to it. Just throw Soul Boss and Nova in over this over this mix mm-hmm. the whole time. <laughs> just call me N. 
I'll just make uh, my name the mystery. No, but um, you are as you may have noticed, six. we've not <laughs> we've not been posting on the Sword Chomp Instagram as of late. Uh, there's actually a reason for that. We've been locked out of the account. I've been searching for weeks on how to get back into that fucking thing with no success. Um, I'm still attempting other avenues, and I'm hope it's gonna be hoping it's gonna be successful. Um, I've been rigorously trying with that. But in the meantime, uh, for any and all news surrounding Sword Chomp, please check the Twitter. Um, that's where we'll be announcing a majority of the stuff for the time being until uh, the Instagram gets figured out. But It's not just pictures of Wario anymore. <laughs> it also has pictures but of Wario. But occasionally Waluigi. pictures yeah. of Wario, yeah. But, but anytime there's news, there's also pictures of Wario. Just, just to make sure that... Just to make everything palatable for yeah, you guys. Yeah. I'm gonna tweet a picture of Wario right now. Just, yep, yep. Just yep. so Fuck everybody it, feels not? safe. Fuck it, why not? Anyways, um, God damn it. So let's start the show now. So the topic of the week. This is one that I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, I think this is more like this is a really selfish one, just because I was thinking about how I used to work in um GameStop before I moved to Japan, and I always had these interesting interactions with fans and customer not fans of like us but fans of various video yeah, games yeah. or customers things I of worked that there nature. too it was terrible and <laughs> always had these fun and interesting conversations and I thought that that would be a really cool topic to think about because you know during the pandemic and now we're I'm, I mean the US is pretty much out of it at this point um yeah, I mean, or out or of it slash the worst it's ever been, but we changed the scale, so everything's green now. Yeah, exactly. Most Pretty countries lit. have just, just said we'll live with the consequences of what's going on, but um, this topic was actually... The U.S. said, consequences? Empires <laughs> fall. <laughs> during, during the pandemic, you know, this is where the, the topic was kind of birthed, trying to think back about the good times when we could all hang out together. So we're doing it a little bit late, but better late than never. So I kind of wanted to just talk about some of the fun, interesting conversations we've, we've had with randoms when it comes to video games. Now, Rich, I imagine you've also had some interesting conversations because you, you used to be an editor for Destructoid. You've done a lot of freelancing work, and then eventually you came on and joined us. And you've also been to a lot of like cons and packs and things like that. So what, are, what is I'm going to give us the ability to talk about a few stories. So you don't have to feel pressure that you can you can only choose one. But what is one of your stories? Now I feel pressure. Um, you'd think I'd have a ton, but I don't. Everyone's an those idiot the, except for those me. Those are the prostate robots, um, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just my squirrel brain memory. Um, I can't t- talk about anything that happened in the Destructoid Slack because it was gross in there. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> one of the things that always comes to mind from like my younger years, from like uh, high school days, and I feel like I probably talked about this a little bit on the show in the in the past. Um, where I grew up, there used to be this place called Parallax, which was it was basically an internet cafe with like computers, consoles, a ton of shit. Uh, but they used to do like overnight lock-ins. Hmm. Um. So like a lot, a lot of weekends, we would just uh, stay all night at this place and just like fucking destroy our bodies with energy drinks. 
and play games. And obviously there was, you know, some friends of mine that would be there. There'd be some randos around. Um, and we would just play games and chat with people. And I don't like have a distinct memory of like a specific conversation, but like everyone there was always just like really chill and down for whatever. And, you know, just playing like fucking doom land parties until like four in the morning. It, it was fun. It was really cool. (laughs) That, yeah. I I love those moments where like, whether it's at a con or you remember this back in the day when people used to wait in lines for uh, pre-orders to come oh, out for yeah uh, release. Yeah, I remember running those yeah, midnight releases overnights yes. for GameStop. It was hell. Yeah, I I did that for GameStop. I did that for Hastings, uh, mm. which I don't like. I've talked about a few times now, uh, which was kind of like an entertainment corporation. Which you know I miss. That's one of the few corporations I miss, but. No, I used to do those as well. Um, I remember Morgan and I back in the day went uh, to one for Halo 3. Corporate apologist. <laughs> I deserve that. <laughs> Halo 3, wow. Yeah. But, I remember um, that being such a big thing when it comes out, when it, or when it came out, but I, I'd be hard-pressed to remember anything that happened in the story of that game. It's just, it feels like another lifetime when that game giving, came out. Dude, uh, the Arbiter was there. Um, all I remember uh, is Chief. that I remember is that the the flood work with you at one point and then they betray you in the next level. Spoilers! I thought Atreyu wasn't until like Atreyu. Yeah, I thought that was much more recent. Man, this it's all bleeding together. You're thinking of Falco. Oh, okay. Falcor. Falcor, thank you, Falcor. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, thank yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Falco, that's a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. It is a totally different thing. I botched that, but that's okay. We'll ignore that. Um, jo- Josh, do you have do you have a story in regards to like rant, like hanging out with randos and talking uh, with them? I mean, a lot of them from when I was younger, because I was I was homeschooled for for many years, and I I don't really think I'm autistic. But uh, I, I, I do think I had no goddamn clue that most people don't give a flying fuck about whatever video game I've just ranted at them for the last 45 minutes. Um, mm. So, so there, there, there was a definite period when I moved into high school. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, I just talked to people who may not have ever played a video game for a significant amount of time about, you know, the virtues of vagrant story. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough sell for people that have played video games. So. Exactly, exactly. But but no, I I mean, they had to know the it's it's you know for their for their own well being. It's it's um yeah no I used to do that a lot. I used to I used to really just talk to anyone about games, and it 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 did it it that that took me a while. To, to understand the whole social interactions of, of mm. someone nodding and smiling and, and not giving a fuck. Um, or someone, like, looking down, like, playing with the lint in their pocket. You're like, yeah. maybe this person doesn't want to yeah, hear Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I had no concept of, of a participant, participant in a conversation being unwilling uh, for, right. for quite some time. Uh, yeah, I think it probably wasn't until college that I really realized that uh oh fuck, they 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 were not into that whole <laughs> whole thing I put them through. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we all go through that phase. I, I've, I've definitely been at parties where I'm like telling the story that I'm like, I'm fucking kicking ass at this storytelling thing. And I, I look at them and they're just kind of like disconnected. I'm like, oh shit, maybe I'm not kicking ass. Yeah. And, and the thing happened. that really made me realize it is it's never that, happened to me. I've my, always my... been interesting and popular. <laughs> What'd you say? So this never happened to me. I've always been interesting and popular. You know, it's, Sorry, it's funny. It's, it's, if, 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 you don't rec- if you don't recognize the person I'm currently talking about being right now, it, it may be because it's you. Um, I don't think so. My, my, my experience of, of, of finally realizing this was, was actually my freshman year roommate in college, um, who is, is great. Uh, I, I love him. But I remember having a conversation at one point about the entire deep lore of Half-Life with this, with this person who had no idea that I didn't care at all remotely. That's, that's tough, about, that's and, tough and, to and even hear about if you're even interested in the game. That'd be like if I tried to inundate somebody with like Skyrim lore. Yeah, no, it was it was a lot, and this this is yeah, like no, they're they're great. I love them. He he's a guy who uh who has his own booth at Dragon Con. If that kind of gives you, sure, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah that that was the kind of tipping point that made me realize, oh, I, I've done this, I've I've been here before. I've I've mm. lived this moment in the past. But I've, I, it was kind of an out-of-body experience, realizing that I'd, I'd been on the exact other side of this conversation at some point in the past. Um, you know, it happens. And yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting, to say yeah. the least. When, that, that when those kind of... Like, whether you're on the... You're the one doing it, or you're on the receiving end of it. It's always interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, and since then, I mean... It, I say this, I, I didn't give a shit about Half-Life at the time, I've, I've since gone on to actually play those games and really like them, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, guess, I guess then maybe, maybe the conversation worked. Maybe, maybe I'm taking this too harshly and, and, and being way up my own ass and, and you know, self-conscious about, about doing this after the fact. Because, cause, you know, like, it, it got me interested enough in, in Half-Life to, to then mm. go on and play those games afterwards. Like, oh, okay, hey, okay well, what was he talking about for that last, last two hours that are just a blur now? So. That's true. I mean, like, there's something... What's the word I would say? Endearing about someone who's that into something and that willing to go into that much detail, whether or not it's something you're interested in, you're like, wow, this person really cares about this thing. That's kind of cool. Yeah, 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 like, I, I, I kind of appreciate stuff like that on, like, YouTube or, or wherever, where someone's really mm. into it, you can tell they really care, but it's an opt-in conversation at that point, because you're the one who fucking hit play. Um, right. And there's, yeah. This is on you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I I do. I I feel like there's definitely a place for it, but I I didn't know what that place was <laughs> when I was younger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think I've told this story. My I'll, I'll tell one of my stories now. I I think I've told it a few times on the podcast, but I'm gonna tell it again. 
I this is way back in the day when I used to play Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the first one, not the reboot of it or whatever the fuck So the it's fourth called. one. Yeah, Call of Duty 4. Yes, Modern Warfare. Back in 2007. And I remember I was in a chat uh one of the uh queues to get into the game and is selecting the map and everything and I hear somebody playing music and I was like, "Yo, is it this band? I can't remember now. It's been so long." since uh i heard or i remember what i heard what music i heard but anyways so the music's playing the guy's like yeah it is this and i was like dude that band is sick and like it's some metalcore band and so him and i just start talking about music and we're just talking about all these bands that we like and um we're talking about like have you ever heard of this band yeah i do i love it and you know we were just sitting there talking for like an hour we're playing in the same, you know, team together and we're just bullshitting about music. And we didn't get into like a private party or anything. We're just talking throughout the whole game. And this guy's like, hey, hey, um, I'm sorry to interrupt you guys, but I've been listening to you guys for like the past hour. And it's like <laughs> listening to like two reporters from the Rolling Stones, Rolling Stone magazine or something like that. Talk about music. It's been awesome to hear this. Like, I've never heard this before. And. It was like it was kind of cool because this guy and I just like chatted about music, and he'd actually introduced me to. And that one was of the, the first podcast ever. <laughs> he introduced me to one of the OG metalcore bands, Misery Signals, which is a band that I still like to this day. And uh, had he not had him and I not had that conversation, I I would have never been introduced to that band, and that band led led me to some other music down the line, but. Um, it was it it was like one of those things where, you know, I added him, um, and we were friends for a while. We never really played after that, unfortunately. It was just like one of those once in a lifetime kind of things that happen where you just happen to find somebody who has multiple interests, and you sit there and you just talk for hours, and then that person disappears from your life, kind of thing. So, I I can't even remember this person's name or their like their username on Xbox Live. Um, but if you're randomly listening to this podcast, you're like, dude, I remember that. Thanks, man, for the music recommendations. And, uh, it was, it was a really fun conversation to just be able to sit there and talk about the music that I loved at the time. And some of that music I still really enjoy, um, with other yeah. people, you know, like it's, it's, it's rare, especially nowadays. So like those moments that happen in my past, I, I still, look upon those fondly and that was one of those those kind of experiences gaming became a vessel to talk about music and mm. it was really fun so yeah that yeah. guy from the story was me <laughs> <laughs> and that guy from the story george washington george washington that's right george washington wooden teeth and all the little boy from the story it was me. Yeah, I know. That was the whole point. That's why we were talking about it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, Rich, do you have any other stories? Do you have one or two other stories you'd like to tell? Sure. Why the fuck not? Um, this is less of a specific story and more of a, like, isn't that interesting kind of thing that I think, like, games and the modern era do in an interesting way. Hmm. Um, so 
my group of friends has been like roughly the same for most of my life, which is a weird thing. I don't think a lot of people can say like I've been friends with the same group from like middle school to high school. So on blah, blah, blah. And that's obviously expanded and changed over the years. But like an interesting melding of people I know and people I talk to regularly comes from like, obviously me and my friends, you know, at a certain point went off, went to different colleges, things like that. And we had like team speaks over the years and stuff and eventually discord. And we have one Discord that we still use to like play games to this day. I remember TeamSpeaks. That was yeah. I remember. I remember TeamSpeaks. That was a pain in the ass because you had to go out and find the codec to make it actually work on a Mac. If you were playing cross-platform with that thing, because it was yeah. Well, that's what you get for playing video games on a Mac. Like no, no, like period. Anytime like people would show up and we were trying to play a game and couldn't hear anyone because the codec just was not packaged in. With the thing, they they only like it should have been there just fine, but they didn't package the Mac client with the codec that you needed. It's because it's not a real client; it didn't mm. matter. Yeah. Um, but it it kind of became a mishmash of like people that you know some of us went to college with and thing like that. Up to the point of like there were years of me talking to people every day that I only knew through Discord. That only now, like getting into my thirties, am I like meeting these people I've talked to for like a decade for the first time at like weddings and shit. And that's really weird. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of crazy. I mean, I I always love seeing those stories. It's they're the best kind of stories, I think, or some of the best is when like two people have been gaming online for years and years and years and then they finally meet up. Yeah. I love those kind of stories. They're super feel good, good vibes, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, makes me happy, man. Good vibrations. 3301, 10th Avenue South. That's old Great Falls, Montana commercial. There's a, e- there's a, okay. like a audio place that would install sound systems into your, um, car. Penis. And that you saying it that way reminded me of that commercial. Weird. Weird yeah. memory unlocking. Evil Beach Boys be like bad vibrations. Hey, I don't have a memory unlocked for that one, though. But, Josh, do you have any uh, other stories that you want to recount um, Hmm. Tell us the story of the Dread King of Evendale. I mean, sort of. I mean, uh, with you saying that, yeah, I've got a lot from WoW from, like, early on, just because that was, the, the whole game, especially early on, was a time sink. Like, it, it took forever to do anything. Um, with the point being, you show up, you do something completely mindless, and you talk to people, which was uh, a lot of fun. So you, 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 you have conversations with, you know, your guild, if, if, you, if you have one, which is always nice. I, I really didn't get a guild until, I don't know, two years after I started playing. So, you know, you, you talk to whoever's there. Which uh, mm-hmm. leads to some interesting sort of conversations. Um, occasionally. Most of the time, because this was back in the age of... Aquarius? E- edgy as king. It was, it, was, it was like a good 95% shitposting on, on sure. general chat. Which was insufferable. Um, most of the time. And this is, this is back in peak Baron's chat days. Um, mm. which, you know, has, has its place. I mean, if you, if you need a good, 
Chuck Norris joke. There's there's no pl- better place to go, um, than you know, early like vanilla World of Warcraft Baron's chat. Um, but I- um, kind of from from out of that, this this again. It, so much of this was kind of me coming to terms with what dealing with other people were, you know, just cause I, I had no concept of that mm. until, cause I like, we had the internet, but it wasn't, I wasn't using the internet to talk with a bunch of people until I really got into MMOs. And, uh, anyway, um, I remember the first guild that I got into in, in world of Warcraft, um, was just a leveling guild, which was, you know, a, a thing back in the days, basically, you need someone to run a dungeon with you. This is back in the days before any sort of, like, party finder or, or roll queue type situations were put into games. You had to make your own party. So mm. a leveling guild was meant to be overly large and just have a ton of people in it. So if you get to a new dungeon that you want to run, you'll, you'll have, a, you know, a group of people you can talk to there to, to ask to help you out with running a dungeon um, had, had its place because that was about the only function of this group of people. The, you know, the conversations were kind of, you know, about as vapid as the rest of the chat in game. Um, right. For the most part. But um, anyway, one, one of the like, not not founders, but like guild, uh, like officers at the time, was just a jackass. Um, Makes sense. Anyway, like I was, I was probably way too addicted at the time, which is why I gave a shit about someone being a jackass in a game where ninety five percent of the people were jackasses. Um, right. But turns out gamers TM kind of suck. Yeah, but anyway, I I had yeah. enough finally. I'm like, okay, all right. You weren't dude. gonna take it anymore. Yeah, no, like, like I'd seen, I'd seen enough people come into the guild and you know, just get shit on for absolutely no reason by this person, over and over again. Mm. And so I finally told them off. I'm like, all right, this is you, you can't keep doing this. Like, this is, this is a high turnover guild because it's a leveling guild. People come in here all the time and then That's leave, enough, Dad. leave once they find someone that they're gonna go raid with. He, he knows he can get away with it. So anyway, I just finally told him off it and, and was promptly, promptly kicked out of the, out of the guild by, uh, by another one of the officers. He's like, oh, he's got seniority. There's nothing you can do about it. Just, just, you know, you, you can't talk this way to the officers. Um, he's allowed to call you a cock. Yeah. Uh, anyway, point being four years later in like wrath of the Lich King, this officer who kicked me out of the guild Shows up in one of the raid parties that I'm leading because I'm the raid leader of, of another guild at this point. Um, mm. And didn't recognize me because I'd switched characters at this point to, to be a tank because it, it's a whole lot easier to raid lead as a tank. Right. Generally. And you had um, his information written down in your book of grudges? Well, no, I, I never let him know. I never let him know that I knew exactly who, who this one guy who was, who was a construction 
I, anyway, I'm not going to get into this whole thing. But anyway, he, he worked construction in Florida is, is about all the personal de- details I can give out, which, which basically means, you, you know, you listen to the foreman, even if they're completely wrong. Like, it makes sense that that was the, the worldview. Anyway, he was one of my problem raiders because he just, anyway, anyway. That's um, that's good iron or not irony but coincidence. Iron, yes, yeah, and this it, it, I thought it was funny because he kicked me out of the guild for for causing trouble by by not putting up with shit in any way. Then then he joined my guild years later and was never prepared for the raids, never knew the mechanics, hadn't hadn't read any of the strats that we'd posted for for how we were going to handle each fight even though we had a, you know, forum with with all this stuff listed like okay, Here's what's gonna happen. When we go into this new raid, and just wasn't prepared. Um, Turns out, and anyway, positions of power, yeah, attract assholes. Yeah. I, anyway, I just I just thought it was kind of funny that the first person ever kicked me out of a guild in in World of Warcraft, then moved on to become one of my problem later raiders years afterwards. The 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 guy who would constantly drop an AOE right in the middle of the party because they got targeted and. Even in chat at the time, even even in TeamSpeaks, was told to run out. Didn't want to mess up his rotation. And uh Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. That's so anyway. Yeah. That, well, fuck that guy. Where long story short, fuck. now I'm an anarchist. <laughs> and the little boy from the story? No, it's me? not a little boy, it's, I, it's I, the, yeah, it's I, the, I, I I realized the that the, those positions the of power. Have have exactly no actual authority behind them. It's it's everyone's Government. there. Everyone's there by accident. And the uh, guild officer from the story, Amber Heard. Wow! Wow! wow. Unbelievable! Wow. I know! I know! Wow! Amazing! Right? Yeah, it's crazy. The, fu- the funny system. thing about this, I'm not. I'm not going to tell anymore. Amber like, Heard, actual personal information, but this guy sounded an awful lot like. Uh, uh oh god god it's been ages fuck fuck what was the uh what was that web series about world of warcraft with felicia day sesame street she she had like a few other like lesser known kind of actors who did stuff um i have no idea the guild the guild that was it that was it um Welcome, anyway, man. the the actor who did uh, who who was the warrior, who was the tank for their group in that that I can't remember his name, but anyway, he he did the five minute comedy hour was was kind of okay. his his thing at the time. And anyway, this this problem raider sounded identical to him, which was the funniest thing because he sounded just like someone who I knew was hilarious, which kind of made all of this just really work. Just this overly dry old man voice sound to him Mm -hmm. while he'd be, you know, trying to give reasons why he just wiped the entire raid. Um, Which assholes, man. Yeah. Like it it kind of, I appreciated it at that point. Like it, it, it it really, it kind of, it lent the whole experience kind of a, kind of a, like an extended Larry David skit, sort of a feel to it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh-huh. Um I have one other major story I want to tell. Like I have some 
like negative funny stories about working at GameStop, and I don't want to tell those. I want to focus more kind of like on positivity on this one because I think it's like we we often like get down in the dumps, you know, about like certain topics that we pick at at certain moments. So I'm gonna pick uh, another one that I've told a few times on the podcast. Um, back back in the day, um, I was in junior high school. And this is when Final Fantasy X had come out. I was, uh, I think I was 11 or 12 at the time. And I remember a lot of my friends were playing the game as well. And so this is back during dial-up internet. You would be trying to research or you'd have to hear through word of mouth who the best Blitzball players were. And I remember I was writing down this information, trying to assemble the best team to play Blitzball. And I was in art class and I was hanging out with some of my buddies and we were just talking about the game. And one of them had mentioned, Hey dude, brother is so kick-ass at Blitzball. You got to get him." And I was like, you can get brother. And then I was like, like, Hulkster. Yeah. He said, listen, brother, brother, I'm going to say it to you three times. (laughs) Go to the airship, go to the airship, go to the airship. (laughs) No, but, um, we just sat there and we were talking about Final Fantasy X, Blitzball, other aspects of the game, about the ultimate weapons, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, that was back in the day when you didn't have internet forums. And, and so you had to get that information by word of mouth or you had to have a decent, like, dial-up connection, which not everybody had. So I'm, I kind of, like, there are inklings of that in like what podcasts are nowadays because when a lot of gamers or um gaming personalities and enthusiasts are are talking about things on podcasts it's bred from those kind of interactions with people where you were on the playground or you were in your classroom and you were just talking with random people about video games and just talking about the different aspects passing on the word of mouth about something you experienced in mm. a game. That's essentially what podcasts are now is the evolution of what we used to do on the playground. And so whenever I think about what it is that we do, I always think back to that exact specific memory. I have other memories too in that regard, but that one in particular where, you know, we were in class just sharing information, our experiences with the game. And that's what we do now. So it's, it's really fascinating to kind of think about how just communication about video games has changed over the years. It's funny. I had to like double take in my brain as you were talking about like not ha- having access to internet information at the time. And I guess I just constantly have to filter myself through the lens of like, oh, right. I grew up in New York. I was like, I was like running internet forums at the time. What the fuck are you talking well, about? You're, yeah, you're, you're I'm a child as well. Still, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it's going to all depend on location as well, because, you know, you grew up in New York. I grew up in Montana, which obviously the infrastructure was they still not don't as- have dial up. <laughs> um, they they didn't have as much infrastructure there for. Um for for something like higher speed internets and it took them a while to just get high speed internet you know to yeah just internet yeah, yeah. the internet was 
or like the railroad. We, I, I can't remember if we've talked about this on the show or not before, but anyway, as a military brat, if you're on base, the internet's fine because the military kind of invented that shit. Um, but if you were stuck living off base, generally the internet was garbage. Um, mm. Generally ish. So, right. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was. It could. Iffy. It could be rough. You had. You had definitely had better access to, um, it, like all sorts of amenities and things when you lived on base. Like I used to live on base yeah. as well when my parents were married and we were. I was growing up. And yeah, you definitely. It was much more convenient and accessible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, there's, there's. Frankly, we could have done this at the same time off base, but this was, you know, during the 90s and early aughts, and especially right after 9-11, everyone was fucking terrified of everything. Mm. So, of I course... I still am. Yeah. Of course, we couldn't actually go and do anything, just wander the streets by ourselves as teenagers. You're unless a natural you were, target unless for you terrorists! On base, because our parents were terrified that... What if, what if the ter- terrorists decide that, you know, these random children... Are, are the perfect target, which, yeah. If anything, the military base is a more likely target. Absolutely, but we could pretend otherwise, so. Just doesn't make a lot of sense, honestly. No, it honestly makes absolutely no sense, but, yeah. I don't know, I don't know, but this is my experience, but I'm guessing you had a similar one where you were allowed to wander wherever the fuck you wanted on base, but. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, it was, I. I think back to like where all the places I ended up going to. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I was actually pretty fucking safe just going anywhere on the base. And like, yeah, I remember one time I went really fucking far on the base, which really wasn't that far. But, you know, at that age, it seems like it's so far away. And my my mother comes driving yeah. up and she's like, why did you go that far? I didn't tell you, you could go that far. You know, like, yeah, I, I remember those days. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I like there's some part of me that actually really misses those word of mouth, just having those random conversations, experiences yeah. with people. You know, I, I mean, I think that's why there's still value in having like retro video game shops. And I still think like and this might be just the old head in me. I don't know what it if if like the younger generation would feel the same way, but I still think there's a ton of value in arcades and yeah. retro video game specialty shops. I I see people in there all the time here in Japan and it's a shame that um they died away in the US. I think they yeah. definitely would have died. I think they're back on the up. They're, 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 I think they're coming back. Out. We've like one of the one of the shops is doing pretty well in our town here is the computer repair slash retro game shop. Um hmm. so like there's there's a place for it. You know it, it's it's funny. I think had GameStop not killed off all the other retro, you know, used game stores and then also decided, hey, we're not going to carry used games anymore. Yeah. We, we'd all be, everyone would be in a much better situation. Like the rest of us, because it'd be a whole lot easier to just have used games around. And also GameStop, because if they still fucking carried used games, maybe they wouldn't be just completely going under right now because that was Mm. the reason anyone ever fucking went there pretty much pretty much but like 
I don't know if they're going to go under right now because of the whole, like, that's a whole conversation under yeah, itself, no, it the seems whole like stock system yeah, yeah. and every stock system, stock situation and everything that's going on there, you know. It's, yeah. yeah. There, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough information to talk about that, and that's, yeah. I get what you're saying. Well, yeah. I'm no expert, but I do have a strong opinion. I mean, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome to the channel. Do you have any other final stories that either of you want to tell? I mean, like, those are the two major ones I wanted to tell. I just have an apology I'd like to put out there. Um, I don't remember which Call of Duty Black Ops it was. It was a Black Ops. I was working at GameStop at the time, and I was working the midnight release for this game that coincided with the release of Assassin's Creed 3. Mm. And I Ooh. talked a bunch oh, of people... That, that sounds like a, Let me a setup for a fight. <laughs> I, I talked a bunch of people in line into also picking up Assassin's Creed 3. And I'd just like to apologize to those people, because I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's, Everything yeah. I had played up into that point told me that that should have been a good game. It so should have like been. I'd like to apologize. Yeah. It should have been a good game. It, it, it should have, coming out of 1 and 2. Although, the writing may have been... I, I don't know. I, I say that now, be, in retrospect, that the writing was on the wall after 2. I don't that maybe think... They were, the writing was such a huge detriment. I think that well, parts of the writing for sure, but I was always more concerned with the like inanimous stuff anyway. Like I didn't really give a shit about the yeah. larger story. Um, I think the biggest problems with Assassin's Creed theory that Connor is a broody fuck who sucks, and um, American cities, especially in the colonial era, are really fucking boring. <sighs> that you know they've yes, especially in three. Because the whole thing was built around this whole really densely packed cityscape type stealth system that they'd put in the game. They they you know really and we really, decided really to put New York in it one and two and, and then, set it right after half of it burned down. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then you get three, and everything is just fucking one story shacks. Like the fuck yeah. am I supposed to do with this, the game su- systems they've currently built? For this game and it wasn't which really... sucks because there's definitely a super interesting yeah. uh assassin's creed story to be told in that time um oh yeah and yeah. also my biggest complaint to this day about that game of connor kenway as a character is connor gets super interesting and then the credits roll. yeah mm-hmm. yeah it really wasn't until black flag that they kind of figured out what to do with open space the game well yeah the game systems in general to make Black flag non-vertical so gameplay work. Yeah. Right. Um, it's messy. There's a ton of really cool ideas in 3, but it's messy. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like, it really took them a while, and frankly, what they landed on was just, just make it an RPG! Um, which, sure, fair. And now works. they're dialing it back. Yeah. Um, true. Hmm. Big if true. Big true. Big, big true. Um... Yeah, well, uh, Josh, do you have any other final stories you want to tell as well before we uh, wrap it up? Hmm. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. All right, well, we'll leave it there. Yeah. I mean, it's a shorter topic, and it's it's one that I just kind of wanted to have some fun with, and, you know, I, I, I want to say that I wish I spoke more Japanese uh, than I do because I would probably have more of those kind of experiences now. Um, mm. I haven't been frequenting 
arcades as much as I probably should have. I should probably soak that all in, you know, because nothing is guaranteed. Those things can disappear at any moment in time as COVID has kind of taught us. Businesses yeah. are much more susceptible. It doesn't take much. Yeah. For but, a lot of those smaller businesses, which, yeah. Yeah. I, I would just like to say that, like, I, I think a lot of the people who do that kind of stuff, like play video games and whatnot, they probably are in discords and stuff like that. And uh, I would just like to say, like, we all love having those kind of conversations. So find a community. It doesn't have to necessarily be our community. Um, we'd love everybody to join. But, like, if you like having those kind of random conversations, join a community or, you know, seek it out in your daily life. Because uh, those are things that I miss and I still think about all the time, you know? Hmm. Like those kind of random spare the moment conversations. Yeah, or or you could, you know, drink too much and, and cry regularly. That that's always You got my number, buddy. Yeah. Viable yeah, alternative. Is it It feels really mean proof? it feels mean for you to call out Ray like that. Damn. I thought I was calling out myself, but <laughs> oh. <laughs> Damn. Alright, well let's go on break. Uh we will come right back and talk about all the games with that we've been playing. So stick around and we'll be right back. So that's what we say. <laughs> it's not what I say. I don't know what the fuck happened there. <laughs> All right. Look, I'm gonna right go back. to the bathroom. You think about what you've done. Yeah, I will. You know, Shay Josh, when I listen to the Chomp cast, I don't just listen to the Chomp cast. I'll what be do chomping. you do? I be chomping. You be chomping? I'm chomping. What do you mean? You know, I chomp it to the east, and I chomp it to the west, and I chomp it over to swordchomp.com, where I listen to the Chompcast. Oh, shit. What else can I find there? What's at swordchomp.com? At swordchomp.com, you can chomp over to the east for episodes of the Chompcast where we talk about video games. Or you can chomp over to the west for Chomping After Dark, where we spoil comics, movies, even video games themselves. Hell yeah! You know, one time, (laughs) I was listening to the Chompcast in the back of a car, and a police officer comes over and he knocks on the window. And I roll it down, and he shines his light on me, and I say, I be chomping. (laughs) What did he say? Uh, He was breathless. He didn't know what to say. You know what I would have said? Tell me. I would have said I be chomping. I be chomping. We're back. We're going to talk about video games now. Rich, you play Temtem. Yeah. We Tell me need about your it. help. Yes, thank you. That's what I was... <laughs> I was going for a mixture between William Shatner and that guy. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, yeah, a bunch of stuff hitting 1.0. Um, so I went back to Temtem. Uh, for anyone unfamiliar, it is the more massive multiplayer online oriented Pokemon clone. Um, in an age of there being a shit ton of Pokemon clones, this is a pretty good one. Um, I don't know how much like the constantly online MMO thing really adds to it. Um, 
there is some cool stuff with the multiplayer aspect and that you can like challenge anyone who's on your server. You can go into like these online battles at a snap, but I don't think you really need to see people moving around in the world for that to to work. It doesn't really feel necessary. Could I just have standard matchmaking? Yeah. Um I'm what's cool is you can kind of queue up with someone and because the sort of meta for Temtem is that every battle is a double battle, you could play this entire game in co-op and I think that's a pretty cool feature. Um cool. though I guess I guess yeah. it would make your grind a little bit harder. Um I played a bunch of this experience. Yeah. yeah. I and, and only throwing out one of your monsters at a time where you'd normally be throwing out two. Um yeah, yeah. I, I I played this when it first launched in early access, like a couple years back, but I it's been a while, so I just kinda like started over and jumped back in. Um still think it's really good, really tight, got a great look. Um there's more types than Pokemon, and the combat as a whole is just kind of a more of an interesting like give and take. Uh it's tuned for people that like competitive Pokemon for sure, and has like some more interesting ideas like um what what I think is probably one of their more interesting ideas is that uh, your Temtem recover uh, their their PP, the, you know, the, the sort of MP they use to use attacks uh, by not acting like you can wait for a turn. But also uh, they can use attacks even if they don't have the energy to do it by exhausting their health and they can overexert and then can't act the following turn, which is an interesting mechanic that sort of changes the competitive meta. And also there being more types than Pokemon, it's going to take take a few hours to really kind of get a grasp on it. Right. But I, I think on the whole, it's it's a very tightly tuned game. I know some people uh, online are a little ticked off because they've introduced like a battle pass sort of system. Uh, personally, it doesn't bother me. I get that it's not a free to play game. So people are kind of like against it from that stance. But I looked through their premium battle pass and it's all just cosmetic shit so like if you want some yeah. tier of premium like avatar stuff uh or premium like furniture for the secret base feature that the game has then i could see like ah, i'm throw 10 bucks and get in on this thing but i i think it's perfectly inoffensive i'm i'm, hmm. I'm curious is the uh, is the the pp flesh if you're not a pokemon nerd because even if you play pokemon you might not notice this because it comes up almost never is the is the the move number the the amount of move times you can move a move is it, is that significantly lower that you actually run up against that system uh often ish i would say no because it's not really the same like charges per move it's not charges per move okay. like in pokemon it's yeah. basically you have like a an mp bar and this move they're, uses they're all based on that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Whereas this much stronger move is going to use twelve. Whereas this other one is going to use five. Yeah, because that's one of those things that, in the main game, or not in the main game, in Pokemon, the uh, the PP system matters almost none at all in PvP, but matters for like your long grindy sessions. Yeah, like the, just the, it, the it's main just, story. It's just worked out a little differently in this, and also like type advantage plays like a much stronger effect in this, up to the point that it literally quantifies it for you to the sake of this type of move against this type of Temtem deals a fourth of the normal damage. It deals half the normal damage. It deals four times as much damage. It deals twice as much damage. 
Okay. Like it, it straight up quantifies the numbers for you in a very digestible way. I'm glad it shows that in game because that's something that Pokemon has. They they've had the the quarter to a a four times. Damage it literally system, shows it when you attack on you the monster. It'll say you just did four times damage. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like Pokemon, it only shows whether something's weak or strong, and you don't know whether that's a two times or a four times multiplier and a lot, or divisor. Uh, because it's all double battles, there's also a lot more moves that are built around like synergy and playing off the other Temtem on your team. Okay. Are there. Sorry, I'm getting into the weeds with this one because the, the, the whole competitive Pokemon thing is something that I am a dweeb about. Um, are there, I guess, I guess my, my guess is no, because you said there's significantly more double battles in general, but there are, are there many moves that will hit everyone, including your own side on, in this game? Um, there are a few, um, typically they're strategic in that sense. One of the electric types I'm using now, for example, has a move called chain lightning that the entire idea of the the move is it moves in a clockwise uh rotation hitting three enemies meaning it's going to hit one of your temtem okay but damage is halved after each hit so like you can sort of quantify it to be like i'm gonna end up hitting one of mine but he's strong against this type of damage and it's gonna be like you know 25 percent damage by the time it gets to him okay yeah because pokemon had kind of a similar thing with some of the strongest moves like earthquake Hitting the entire field. They hit the entire field, yeah. And, and which is a major concern if I that thing seen, is an extremely strong move that's also hitting your own Pokemon. I haven't seen anything that flat out hits the entire field yet. I'm sure there is stuff like that. Okay. But again, I'm I'm pretty early game. I haven't even hit the uh I'm I'm probably pretty close to hitting the first gym. Okay. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, because the whole double battling thing was something that I felt like should have had more legs than it really did in Pokemon. Yeah, it's the whole thing here. Uh, every okay. battle is a double battle, so it's designed around that. Cool, cool. So, also, the creature designs are pretty good. I, I feel like that's kind of a big one that I should point out, because not all of these games get that right. I think all of the, the Temtem I've seen so far are pretty good creature designs. Hmm. Okay. Right. Um, is this a $60 game? No, I, I bought it so long ago. I'd have to look up. Let me well, pull up the store page and see how much it's going for. It was for. Thirty or forty. Last I looked at it. Yeah, I, that sounds right. But I want to be sure. Okay. Um, is it worth the money? Do you think? As of right now, I think now? so. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely think so. Uh, it's cross play, cross progression, so you can play it with oh, anyone cool. who has it anywhere. It's on uh, console. It's on PC now. Uh, I'm on the store page. Let me look here. It is. Oh wow! It is forty four ninety nine, which it definitely was not when I bought in early on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's it's a little bit concerning though. That, granted, it's not that closely packed to Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, but it is fairly close to that release date window. It's a shame they couldn't get it officially in a one towards the beginning part of the year during the summer. It already had a pretty significant player base. I don't think they're really worried about that at this point. Um, they're doing pretty well from what I can tell. Okay, and it's a it's a nice little game. Good soundtrack, good look, good monsters. Feels good in action. I think I'm gonna keep plugging it away at it for a while because I am I am having fun with it. Okay, all right. 
I'll, I'll I'll probably have to check it out at some point. It's one that I've been interested in for quite some time. You, you'll have to let me know when you get around to that, because this is one that I wanted to get back in the day, but I missed the like cheap early access window. I think I paid like twenty five dollars. Yeah, in the early Rich access told window. me about it, and then it was up to full price. I'm like, oh, I'll I'll wait and see where they're going with this early access thing. And so I, I haven't gotten it yet, but. If yeah. the whole thing's kind of built around this co-op sort of a thing or, or double battles, it, it might be something worth kind of hitting at the same time. And regardless of where you guys are playing it. it, we can play together. So that's something to keep in mind. Cool. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, well, maybe we should all get into that sooner than later. Yeah. I'll have to talk about it off the, off the air. Uh, Demon Throttle. Josh, you've been playing Demon Throttle. Uh, tell me about that game. I have this is this is a weird thing. I ta- I've already talked to Rich about this because this is this is a very weird situation where I can say really whatever I want about this game, positive or negative, and uh, it doesn't affect you as the listener because if you haven't bought it already, well, you you that ship has sailed. Um, Demon Throttle is a game they announced last year at. I I I, I think it was. You know, faux E3 or whatever, whatever that was. Um, I I can't remember exactly which show it was. I I think it, I think it was the the E3 equivalent. Um, that was a physical only release from Limited Run Games, uh, and uh, uh, Devolver, who was publishing. Mm, um right. so if you didn't pre-order it you can th- there's no way to get this game other than sailing the high seas um but demon throttle is a shmup like very true to the name you like top to bottom shmup you are um shooting your way through a horde of demons as you might have guessed and, and other baddies just whoever happens to be in the way um mm. in a kind of series of four levels with you know get get through them finish 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 the game is kind of the the very arcadey sort of feel it is an old school shmup sort of a feel to this thing um as far as like the difficulty curve goes and whatnot um with to kind of smooth those edges off a progression system that just involves playing the game at all um sort of like minor unlocks that you get uh as you go through there stuff like uh you know uh a bestiary or a um sound test mode or or weather for the different maps like okay you've played this long enough there there'll be rain in the first level now or or snow that'll sometimes happen in the ice level to to mix things up um which is neat like it it's a good solid shmup where you are playing as either a cowboy or a vampire the the cowboy who um is kind of the fast straight shooting type who does more damage to a single character and the crossbow wielding vampire who does like a a spread fire type of a thing um mm. So they can kind of have their own strengths. Uh, when you're playing it solo, you can swap between them as you go, or you can play it co-op, like single-screen co-op with each person playing a different 
of the two characters. Um, solid shmup. It's it's got a neat system where because of the conceit of you are a you know a gunslinger and a vampire, you're walking through the levels kind of at a steady pace, instead of it being you know like an on rails, generally spaceship type shmup, or or you know airplane whatever. There's there's you know, um, point being the the kind of the neat mechanic of this is you can jump which is not a usual thing in a shmup uh so Mm. certain attacks not all of them some of them are just like full screen width type things but certain attacks you can jump over if you want to so instead of having to just very finely weave your way through the bullets you can oh there's no way past this one i've got to jump over it um or things like uh the terrain has different height levels there's kind of you know there's standard ground and then like a waist high thing that'll block some stuff that you can jump on and then jump up again to the next level above that uh that you couldn't jump to otherwise um Mm. it's neat mechanically um narratively i i turned this game on and kind of next to immediately thought what in the custer's revenge is this shit um a normal reaction to anything um, I say. Yeah, because the conceit here, and I think this is supposed to be tongue-in-cheek, is that the Demon King you are going after in all of this has kissed your wife or something. Is that the, the way it's framed, but also in that opening cutscene, she is very, very satisfiedly moaning. Um... Sorry, Shay. <laughs> in in this opening cutscene, and it seems to be that the entire framing device to this is basically that you are just this cucked gunslinger who's also too dumb to know he's cucked. Um, they should have called the game "Cucked Gunslinger." <laughs> yeah, and and it, 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 that sort of comedy is just very grating in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. Like you get to the last boss. The, the 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 demon you are titularly going to throttle um tit and he's like most of the bosses kind of a you know decent sized boss doing his own movement patterns and whatnot shooting t- you know a fuck ton of bullets at you uh but also his much larger than leg size cock is blurred out during the entire fight of of like it's i played dante's inferno it's it's a lot this game is a lot like it it seems very much like it wants to be tongue-in-cheek but it feels more so like it's just kind of repeating all this stuff without really saying much about like the the narrative is just it's but just you, grating like it, it really you, is doing nothing for this game at all um, but you brought up Custer's Revenge, so you were prepared to see a dick. So I don't see what the problem. Yeah, yeah. Like it's the gameplay is great though. Like I said, because it's a shmup with kind of a simple, simple formula. Like little, you know, it's got a leveling up system where you'll find power ups through the levels that, uh, um, from from either rate of fire to luck, which is your crit chance slash chance that uh your 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 special attack will not consume ammo 
um, is kind of the what that is. Um, slash movement speed, like you can just get straight up movement speed buffs. Um, that you can either fight over if you're playing co-op. You know who gets each reward and or dole out kind of strategically ish. If you're playing the, you know, single player swap between the characters mode. Um, it's neat. Like there are a bunch of really cool ideas here that, you know, work really well for the shmup feel. Mm. But then the story just feels <sighs> just so tired. It's it's just tired. Like I I I feel like they were trying to say something and then didn't. Like they forgot to. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um. Regardless, um. I mean, it, it's an arcadey, very arcadey game. The gameplay is where it shines. This, I mean, it, it, it kind of works as a commentary, just in the, oh yeah, this shit was dumb sort of way that a lot of early arcade games felt like, but I don't, it feels like they meant to say more and it just didn't happen is kind of a lot of the feeling I got there. It, it, you know, it, it feels an awful lot. Like, I don't, I don't know if you guys have watched, uh, uh, love death and robots that no I, it's it's yeah. in my queue i've not watched it yet anyway the the first episode of the third season is basically these tourist robots who are wandering on earth seeing exactly uh ha- how we killed ourselves right before before the end of that and anyway it's it's kind of this very funny but also kind of mildly poignant thing as they're wandering around seeing exactly what happened as it all ended. And then they wander off to the Mars colony and there's this big reveal of like uh, these people in spacesuits about to sip like a, a mixed, you know, like a frozen drink sort of a thing. And then the helmet opens and it's a cat sitting there with Steve Parnell voicing it, who says, who did you expect? Elon Musk? And it just, it, it, it 100% ruins the episode because it's got this kind of funny, kind of poignant thing going on. And then they go for the just most tired possible joke at the last minute to like, it's not funny. There's nothing funny about that. Yes. Fuck Elon Musk, but also yeah was was this episode written by an ai like i i get this are these are tourist robots but like this is there's absolutely zero effort put into the punchline at the end of this thing um and i i get that sort of vibe from this game like there's supposed to be a punchline here but it just doesn't ever materialize Hmm. um yeah yeah very solid gameplay though very solid gameplay so you know it's got half of the things going for it. yeah and and also that dumb fucking opening cutscene is skippable so you know you don't have to watch the stupid framing device cutscene for why the gunslinger is going off to do all this every single run like you would have in an arcade Um, right which would great thank you um it's a lot um Mm. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. 
Well, you haven't finished the game, right? I've I've gotten to the last boss a few times, but that last boss throws just a ridiculous amount of bullets at you at the oh, end, okay. and also adds just tons of stuff to kill. It is I've I've not killed the last boss yet. I've mm. yeah I've gotten to him. I get I get to the last boss fairly like fairly reliably at this point, but have yet to kill the last boss. And gotcha. and also once I kill the last boss, there's also a the main storyline is obviously the gunslingers just get to the end, kill the last boss. But the vampire you are on this trip with has had her chalices stolen. And to get the real ending, you have to find the bonus level slash mini boss that's hidden on each level along the way, uh, which I think may be easier if you're playing in co-op because you could split up and make sure you're blowing up more terrain and stuff to find the entrance to this mm. uh, hidden level because it's in a random spot each time you play through. And sometimes you are mutually locked out of choices um, playing solo. Okay. So you can just miss that. So, you know, it's either a matter of playing through the game a million times to actually get each of those bonus levels. Right. And or playing it co-op and making sure you get them. By, by just destroying absolutely everything uh, as you go through it. Um, okay. It, it, yeah, it seems like it's got a decent amount of replayability to it because there's even the, the best area that I told you about before that you unlock partially through the game. To unlock the entries for it, you then have to find a piece of meat in the level and like throw it out and catch them in like this turn-based Pokemon type game to then like capture one of the enemies to study it mm. um it really seems like it's kind of meant to be this thing you just kind of poke away at for a long long time uh okay. to unlock all the stuff is kind of the way it's presented just that just, makes sense yeah play play cool. around here or there okay that sounds kind of fun and interesting i don't know if it's something i'll check out but well you won't <clears throat> oh yeah that's right you said i can't yeah <laughs> Yeah, fuck you, idiot. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's a weird setup because it, it I it's it's interesting to talk about because of the fact that anything I say can't really affect anyone else's purchase decisions on this other than, you know, like finding a used copy that someone's either scalping and or like me nah, dislike the story be... enough to get rid of. This um, thing's probably dumped online already. Yeah, my, my well probably Normally, Switch ROMs are on there pretty quick, but also, if you download them digitally, it's very easy to then pull them off an SD card. This game's not on an SD card, so you'd have to find another way to actually get that ROM, and I'm not actually sure the situation that hackers have uh, set up for, for, for ripping these ROMs. Guess there's no way we'll ever know. Yeah. Wink. I'm curious about that. Yeah, anyway. Or do well, you wink? Wink, wink. Well, I want to very briefly talk about Tinykin, because um, I actually finally got around to it. Um, I started it. I beat the first level yesterday, and I started on the second level. This game is fucking charming as hell. Yeah, it's good times. Um, the, the thing is, like, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle of you two. Like, I remember when you guys were talking about it last week, 
and Rich, you were saying it's a very Pikmin-like game, and Josh was saying, nah, I don't really think it is. And where I'm in the middle is that when when I hear Pikmin, I feel like I'm not only going to be solving environmental puzzles, which you do in this game, but you're you also going to be more fighting later enemies, on. which yes, and I haven't done in this game. What's that? As it, yes, and there's none of that. Yeah, yeah the, it's, the, it's the, just, the enemy fighting bit is just not a part of this game. Right, it's just a collectathon essentially, which is something you guys did mention. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's it's a really fun collectathon, and it's it's really like the the levels are so cleverly designed that I yeah, really enjoy navigating through the levels in the game. It's it's fun to see the amount of effort that has been put into where you have to go next, each nook and cranny that you have to explore. And the little missions that you have to solve for um, some of the foil characters or the NPCs just kind of chilling around in the world. Th- that yeah. stuff is really, really fun. I really it's, enjoyed that. Yeah, it's got a weird kind of unique system that I've seen where, I don't know, every five minutes or so you unlock a shortcut. But instead of being a loop around back to where you came from, it's like way the fuck over on some other side of the level like that you'll kind of yeah. be able to get to more easily. you off to another massive area. Yeah, which if you've not explored it is, oh, do, do I want to keep going or do I want to explore this new area? And once you're kind of at the end of the level, kind of okay, I need to wrap everything up, it gives you a lot of good ways to quickly get everywhere. Quickly. It lets exactly. you, yeah, move through these very big environments into the like kind of densely packed corners very quickly which it's, is yeah. smart. I, I realized something within the first 10 minutes of the game. They could have called this ADHD the game, and that would be 100% accurate. Because, like, every time I'm exploring one pocket in a level, I'm like, holy shit, I could go that way, and I could go yep. that way. And look at me starting to go that way. Oh, but I missed this stuff back here. Right. That shit happens to me the entire time I'm playing the game. And yeah, I'm it's cons- great. It's, it's, it's a very good thing, but also it's very, like, ADHD in that way. And that's not to, yeah. like, if I'm not trying to... No, no, no. Like, like it really does have that feeling to it, like where it's just there's constantly something new to look at. Yay, stimuli! Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, I really like the cutscenes whenever you first meet one of the new tiny kin. I I like so far. I've um, unlocked three of the five, I believe, which they all have unique abilities. Obviously, some of it is modeled after Pikmin the game. So th- there's some influence of Pikmin yes. in the gameplay itself, which is cool. Um, I really like that, whereas, and this is my knowledge from the very first Pikmin, I haven't played the second or third one, that you would have you to should, often yeah. kind of wait on your Pikmin, that this game, like, you're not really waiting on your Pikmin, as your plat or your tinykin, yeah. as you're platforming, if, like, you happen to be platforming faster than they're following you they'll just magically warp to where you're at which is really nice especially because there's so much yeah. more verticality to the level design of this game as compared to a pikmin game well um y- yes. yes yes and the the time management was always part of the pikmin games as well because there was this, right you know a, you know you can only be out there during the day before all the other monsters come and eat you if you aren't back to your ship on time but the 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 time management aspect is not there so having to wait around for your little followers to catch up with you would just be a pain because there's there's no mechanical reason for that to happen 
Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, they they managed to make the most of what they're trying to do, and I in in a very positive way. Um, yeah. one thing I didn't maybe I didn't hear you guys talk about too much. Maybe I zoned out when you guys were talking about this. That I really noticed that I love about the game is when you're in one level or area, it has one continuous soundtrack. But the way it works is as you go to different parts of that level, it changes the theme of that one song. And it's really cool. I know I talked to Rich about this last week. I can't remember if it was on the podcast or or before or after. Yeah, I can't remember either. So we're all getting old. It may have been, it may not have actually been on the show, but I remember talking to Rich about this because the, 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 the adaptive soundtrack is not a new thing at this point. No, but it's done but very well here. It, yes, it is done very well because it is it is very much less so a you know oh the battle thing will kick in whenever a fight starts and then go back to the other. It, it is very much oh it's the same theme. They're mm. just changing instrumentation. They're changing you know tempo. You 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 got a lot of different options for what they're going to do with the same theme for a right. level uh, in a given thing, which is really cool because it's. It's it's probably a little less fitting than if you did a full adaptive soundtrack like some other stories or some mm. other games rather. Right. But it's really cool just from a musical sense because you'll get the Absolutely. exact same piece but like okay, I'm 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 exploring the inside of piano. So now I'm in a piano only version of this theme now. Yep. Uh or I'm in a cathedral, so now I've got organs and people chanting version of the theme. Um like there's so many different versions of the exact same song um that it, it stands out more than a like a simple simple's the wrong word because it it's really complex the way a lot of adaptive soundtracks are done but this game draws attention to it in in a way it that does. really i think is neat it kind of it really it forces you to look at it which yeah, I, I hope makes people notice it in other games that are also doing some really cool things with this, you know, idea. Style of soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I love yeah, the whimsical... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because of the soundtrack, I also love the whimsical nature of the game a lot. Um, it's, been, it's been nice. It, like, a game that doesn't take itself too seriously. Which, I mean, there are plenty of those. To, it's to a very uh, casual thing to burn through in, like, over the course of a few nights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Relaxing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. One one of the things, one of my big complaints about this game is um it's due to the platforming itself. Oftentimes I feel like because of the verticality of the game, I want to see where I'm landing, where my feet are going to land. And often yeah. that is precluded by a shadow, which is really nice. But there are times where you are platforming in tighter areas and you cannot see your feet, and it's due to the camera. Um, yeah. being fixed in certain areas so you have to just <laughs> approximate yeah. where it is your character is going to land and i actually got into a segment last night where it took me a good 10 minutes to just land every jump because i couldn't see where my feet were landing this is hilarious because these are a lot of things we brought up i think not on the show but just just no we shoot. brought this up on the show was this on the show i, could, I can't this remember anyway you guys did bring this one up on the okay, show okay yeah yeah, it, yeah. It, it could be tele it's not the worst but it definitely yeah. could be telegraphed better. yeah yeah but, but the, the the whole 2d characters on in a 3d world for platforming is definitely a, a you've, you've got to really do it well for it to not just 
be frustrating. And I feel like this game Absolutely. is not the best I've seen it. Um, frankly, I think close to the best I've seen it is is uh, um, oh, fuck my brain is not remembering the name of this game. Um, Super Paper Mario. See if I can find it. I'm probably not even looking at the wrong thing. Well, wh- um, while you're looking, yes, 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 yes. While you're looking for it, I just want to basically say that, like, like you're saying, it's not the worst. Um, it's definitely frustrating in spots, and I know you guys had mentioned it. I wanted to mention it here just simply because of the fact yeah, that, yeah. like, I kind of wanted to reaffirm that point with another voice. You know, yeah. like Demon it's not, Turf. It's not the worst sorry, sorry. Demon Turf has like a bright pink neon shadow, so it really stands out where you're going to land. Mm. Um, which is is a game from late last year. Another uh-huh. another you know collect a thon 3d platformer thing but with a 2d character in that one yeah. yeah very good i really like demon throttle um sorry demon turf not demon throttle uh demon turf from last year mm. um yeah that yeah, game it's... goes way harder into the like mario 64 slash super mario odyssey like uh very flexible movement system Mm, right. that'll allow you to do some crazy stuff once you really understand how all the movement works. Mm. This, this, this one's way simpler and breezier, sort of a relaxing collectathon sort of a thing than, right. than Demon Turf was, uh, which, which probably makes sense why they spent more effort into making sure that shadow shows exactly where you're going to land, because it would have been insufferable if you couldn't tell where you were going to land with a 2D character in a much more demanding game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I wish that there would have been a little bit more time put into that in this game, but it's not the end of the world. Um, I'm still enjoying the game. I'm still enjoying a lot of the platforming and um, the, the just the whole presentation, the whole packages of the game has been a lot oh, of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the art that, and the that music is, have been excellent. Mm, yes. That is one of my... And the humor's been on point, too. Um, I yeah. won't reveal any of the any of the major bits in there, but humor's been on point. Just that is the one glaring issue I've had with the game so far is that aspect of the platforming, but the rest of it's good so far. Um, it's not a game that's blown me away per se, but it's been a really fun um, game, especially because it comes with game pass. So I've enjoyed it. My time yeah. with it so far. Um, it's a relaxed kind of thing. It's something that, you know, if you want some mindless fun for like an hour of just jumping around and collecting, it's a great game for that. And, it, and it's got good humor and it has a good soundtrack to boot. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, well, sorry. One more thing I wanted to bring up. Last week I complained about a soft lock where you just get stuck ending a cutscene. With, within 12 hours of recording that podcast, which was within 24 hours of the game launching, there was a patch addressing the soft lock issues. So b- before you would have heard that last podcast, they had actually addressed those issues, and I, I wanted to mention that, that they had they patched that very quickly um, mm. on release. So I'm, I'm hoping so, yeah. if any other issues Problems pop happen, up... But they were clearly on top of it, so yeah. that's, that's good. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, because I, 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 I think I griped about that for a couple minutes, so I wanted, to, I wanted to bring that up, that that was addressed before you would have heard it. So Right. Um, yeah, well, I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a, I've had no problems so far. I don't know if I'm that, like, far enough into the game to be hit well, by that soft lock, but. It, it, it should have been fixed before you got to touch it. 
Right, exactly. Yeah. That's what she said. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry. That was one of the She did, but then she her. also wondered why you were fixed. <laughs> Family <laughs> tradition. My <laughs> father. <laughs> um, Rich, you played Ooblets some more, and you wanted to mention Yeah, them. another 1.0 launch this week. Um, I dive back into the world of Ooblets that is now content complete. Uh, if anyone remembers me talking about that, it's another creature collector, uh, but a little bit more of a sort of Stardew Valley Harvest Moon creature collector where you are collecting ooblets who you are growing in your garden on your farm and making friends with all the people in the land of oob. And uh, that game still looks great, feels great, soundtrack's great, it's pretty as hell. It's got uh, card-based dance battles. Like, what, what more could you ask for? Um, those, those are all my favorite words, Rich. Yeah, those are all really good words, uh, is what I tell. I, I have not put as much time into the 1.0 of that as I have Temtem, but uh, it's another relax and just, you know, play some ooblets, have some dance battles, make your little mushroom men fight. It's I, I, it's one of those games I feel like you look at it and you know if you want to play it, and I it's on every it's on everything now. It, it's delightful. Mm-hmm. Dope. That's it? Yeah, I don't like I don't I haven't played enough more of it to really add anything from when I had originally played the game, so I don't want to harp on it forever until I have some newer thoughts, but okay. It's still still really charming. So really charming. Like it. Okay. Well, um I mean that it's been a short show, but that's going to be pretty much the show for this week. Uh just a few quick announcements on the back end. Um Rich and I both have reviews going up here very soon. Rich has a review going up of Tinykin, and I have a review going up on Coffee Talk. Uh, what are those scheduled for, Rich? Uh, both of them will already be out by the time the show is up. Okay, well, there you go. Um, and we have some r- reviews coming up here very soon that we're going to be targeting. Uh, Rich and I are looking at doing um, some Chomping After Dark episodes here soon. Uh, with Josh, actually. Excuse me. The three of us are looking at doing some Chomping After Dark episodes here very, very soon. Um, We won't reveal the exact topic we're doing on that until it's already out. Um, We're excited for that. So be on the lookout for that. Um, Rich, you just got up. I know we talked about it last week, but just, uh, again, um, giving some more press or some eyes on it. You just got a new episode up of Chomping at the Bits. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that. What's it on? It's about Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2. Um, so again, I apologize. Uh, contractual <laughs> obligations. Uh, yeah. I mean, plus side, however bad it is, it's got to go fast. That's true. It's, it's a quick one. We just do it as quickly as possible. Um, good news is we finally cracked the case. There's some really interesting stuff in there about uh, Tails' relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Mm, Jesus uh, so it's a hell of an episode. <laughs> Man. Yeah. That that something like wow. that. Uh Eric doesn't show up, but I do talk shit about British people, so it's basically like he's there. Hmm. So, you know, it's fun. That's good. Nice timing. Yeah. Yeah, no, they they deserve it. They do. But anyways, uh if you want more content like that, like reviews and additional podcasts and whatnot, head over to swordchomp.com. We have three other podcasts that we do. We have a review section where obviously uh, Rich and I and Ray and 
um, you know, guest people do reviews on there, do think pieces, do some guides and stuff like that. Um, we have a merch store at store.storechomp.com, as you may have heard in one of the commercials in previous episodes, where you can get all sorts of goods. Store.storechomp.com. Dude, I listened to that ad again as I was editing last week. I was like, fuck, I forgot how funny this ad That's was. That's beautiful like, content. That's one of the best ads. Uh, yeah, one of the best ads we've ever done. All in one take. Yeah, it's, it's impressive. I'm, I'm pretty pleased with that one. And uh, last but not least, if you want to help us keep the lights on and uh, you know help us make additional content, head over to patreon.com slash sorechomp, where uh, there are lots of different tiers for you to check out and um yeah helps us make additional content uh all the money that we make goes right back into sore chomp so yeah it would help us out a ton but we'll leave it at that and we're gonna get the fuck out of here god damn it enough listening to us assholes talk about video games and shit like that but no i want to say thank you to rich uh and josh thank you both for being here um i was your host shay And uh, we will be back next week with another episode of the Chompcast. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. And that's what we say. So that's what we say. (laughs) 